When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea to the Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And tonight, folks... Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friends over here. Thank you, my friends out there. I need your strength because I come to you defiant, unbroken, unbowed, even though last night they held the drawing for the billion-dollar lotto Powerball jackpot and there were no winners. No, no winner. Oh, really? How is that possible, considering last night on the show, I announced that these, these right here, were the winning numbers, because, may I remind you, they are on my ticket, okay? (laughs) I even promised to share the proceeds with the audience here, all right? Folks, we were getting ready to win this Powerball. Frankly, we did win this Powerball. Oh. But then... Oh. No, no, wait. Oh. Listen. But then, at 11 p.m., there was a massive ball dump, okay? <laughs> the Dominion Powerball machine flipped all the numbers. How were those balls floating around in there like that? Could it be... Hugo Chavez's ghost on Halloween night. Oh! They stole the Powerball from all of us, audience, which is why I'm holding a Stop the Ball rally at the bodega where I bought the ticket. (laughs) Be there will be wild. I tell you, I called the lotto officials last night. I said, fellas, I missed the winning number by only all the numbers, okay? (laughs) I just need you to find me six winning numbers. Give me a break. And a billion dollars. Okay, if my theory sounds crazy, let me point out, I have a pillow. Okay? And it can be yours for a billion dollars. Yesterday, yesterday was also Halloween. President and the First Lady had an eventful evening, greeting trick-or-treaters at the White House for the first time. Jill dressed as a butterfly, and Joe dressed as Grandpa, who thinks a hat counts as a costume. (laughs) Very sweet. Ah, this is good. This is good, buddy. I'm all set. They had a great time giving out candy to all the trick-or-treaters. Knowing Biden, I'm guessing the kids got licorice and Amtrak schedules. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't take the local. That's four hours. You want to take the... You want to take the Acela. Costumes were so cute. Check out this little pumpkin here. All right. 
seen 12 hours into a story about Scranton's minor league baseball team. <laughs> According to reporters on the scene, the president was particularly pleased with a baby dressed up as a potato chip bag. <laughs> hey, hell of a costume there, baby Jack. My grandpa used to work down at the Ruffles factory. He added the ridges with a bandsaw. <laughs> Come home, hands all salty, ended up with sour cream and onion lung. <laughs> but it was honest work. No, I'm serious. One time, he took me to meet uh, Mr. Pringle, living in a big fancy tube up on the hill. <laughs> no windows, but the basement was full of crumbs. We'd run down there, spoil our suppers. Now, Chester Cheetah lived next door. He was an odd fella. <laughs> Didn't talk much. Left a big orange streak wherever he went. Sad story. <laughs> it's not easy being cheesy, Monterey Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of spooky, Pennsylvania. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Speaking of spooky, Pennsylvania Senate candidate and corn mime Mehmet Oz. <laughs> Yesterday on the Fox News, Oz made his case to represent Pennsylvania while also demonstrating he does not know where Pennsylvania is. Listen, this is important. We do not have a Republican senator north of North Carolina on the Atlantic coast until you get to Maine if I don't hold this seat. Yes, the Atlantic coast of Pennsylvania. <laughs> From the sunny beaches of Scranton to the white sands of Allentown. <laughs> of course, Pennsylvania has a long association with the ocean. Otherwise, how could I own this very real CD? Now, that's what I call songs about the beaches of Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's got timeless classics like sitting on the dock of the Wawa, Wasting away in Yanglingville. Wish they could all be King of Prussia girls. And of course, itsy bitsy teeny weeny Pennsylvania Dutch bikini. <laughs> there you go. That's it. There's no. Thank you very much. Moving on to someone who really is from Pennsylvania, my dear friend, musical icon Taylor Swift. Seen here. <laughs> seen here learning about Kanye getting kicked out of a Skechers. <laughs> 12 days ago, Lore Lore, as I call her, released her new album, Midnights. It's an absolute bop that slaps or a slap that bops. Not sure. And now Taylor Swift has become the first artist ever to claim every single top 10 spot on Billboard's Hot 100 chart at once. All at once, baby. That's unbelievable. Is that, is that really true? Let's fact check that. Who, who's got every single on the top ten? It's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Checks, out. Checks out. Oh, there's an update uh, from new Twitter owner and proof that no one's rich enough to pull off a business casual bandana, Elon Musk. <laughs> Musk has been trying to figure out ways to monetize Twitter, which is why, according to a leaked business plan, Twitter would start charging $20 per month for verification and users who are already verified will have 90 days to subscribe or lose their blue check mark. But that would be chaos. I rely on that blue check mark to know which of my butters I can't not believe. <laughs> and are you telling me, are you telling me that paragons of authenticity like Papa John's and Papa John's UK will risk falling to the same level as unverified frauds like Papa John's Houston? <laughs> You know it's bad when Papa John says, we cannot in good conscience verify that that is pizza. <laughs> Twitter's big users. Sure. Why not? Maybe not pizza. Maybe not pizza. 
Twitter's big users are also upset, like horror author Stephen King, who tweeted, $20 a month to keep my blue check? <laughs> that. They should pay me. <laughs> to which... Bold. Bold. <laughs> to which Musk directly responded, we need to pay the bill. Somehow, Twitter cannot rely entirely on advertisers. How about $8? <laughs> that was a quick fold. That was a quick fold from the businessman. Okay, how about $8? We did the math, and this is true, at 8 bucks a month times the 400,000 verified users presently on Twitter equals $38.4 million per year. So divide the $44 billion paid by Musk by the $38.4 million of income, he can pay off his purchase in 1,145 years. <laughs> by which time, this haircut might be in style. <laughs> Moving on to something that will explode before Elon turns a profit on Twitter, the sun. Over the weekend, NASA released this ultraviolet image. Duh! Look at that cute little sun. Who's the cutest little guy with the power of a trillion nuclear bombs? You are. This is a major astronomical discovery and proof that the picture I drew in second grade is scientifically accurate. <laughs> Ms. Williams. So it turns out the dark patches we're seeing there are regions where solar wind escapes more quickly and readily into space, making these regions cooler. Cooler? I think we all know there's only one way to make that sun cooler. <laughs> Deal with it. Now, speaking of the end of everything we hold dear, the Supreme Court, they spent the summer stomping on settled precedents like Roe v. Wade and Miranda rights, and now they may do it again because, according to legal experts, SCOTUS is likely to ban affirmative action in college admissions. Harvard's lawyer tried to explain to the court that affirmative action is applied on a case-by-case basis, but Chief Justice Roberts refused to buy it. Race in some, for some highly qualified applicants can be the determinative factor just as being the, a, you know, an oboe player in a year in which the Harvard-Radcliffe Orchestra needs an oboe player will yeah. be the tip. We did not fight a civil war about oboe players. I... We did fight a civil war to eliminate racial discrimination, and that's why it's a matter of, of, of considerable concern. Hold on. <laughs> Does Chief Justice Roberts really think the civil war eliminated racial discrimination? I think I know who's not on Twitter. Also, contrary to popular belief, we did fight a civil war about oboe players, and it's all in that Ken Burns documentary. My dearest Sarah, on the eve of battle, I have just thought of a killer oboe solo. It goes like this. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Matthew Perry. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand-new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Diva Adaris. 
what is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. tonight is an actor and a writer you know from the whole nine yards and, of course, Friends. He's now written a memoir called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Matthew Perry. Wow. Nice to see you Yeah. Thanks for being here. I missed, I missed you guys. I missed all of you. Very That's nice. nice. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that very yeah. pleasant? Better than booing. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, the interview's young. Okay. Uh, the book is Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Of course, the big terrible thing being your experience with addiction. That's right. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll get into that more in just a moment, but the first and most important question is, how are you? I'm, do- I'm doing very well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very good. My, uh, thank you. I wouldn't say that I'm a narcissist, but I've been talking about myself all day, and I have no voice left. That's perfectly, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Okay. You good. can just whisper in my ear, and I'll tell everybody what you said. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> now, you spent uh, half of your life, you say, in treatment centers. Yeah. Or, or sober living facilities, you've dropped $9 million in an attempt to remain sober. Why did you decide to share your story in ways that you never have before? Nothing close to this. Yeah, I mean, much like Mariah Carey, it, it's just time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but let's hope... But let's hope you don't have to do it every year like she <laughs> that's does. That's true. That's yeah. true, and I don't wear the same outfit. Yeah. Uh, the reason I did it, I, I needed to make sure that my sobriety was strong and safe, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was a... Uh, my life has been... has had so many highs and so many lows that I, I felt that it was time, and I felt that it, was, it really was time to, to help people. Mm-hmm. And my life has gone to such low degrees with addiction mm-hmm. that the lower the scale I go, the more helpful I can be to other people who have gone so low. And I thought I had that story to tell. What was the feeling of that tension between those two realities? You have your private life, the fact that you are being abusive to yourself, using substances, whereas publicly we all know... I mean, you're the friends. Right. You're all the friendly friends living these wonderful lives and everybody's happy and you have your fights and everything, but essentially you live in an unrealistically large apartment in New York City. Right. And and drink a lot of coffee. But remember, there's no fourth wall. That's true. So that's why the rent is so why it's low. Cheaper. No. So, w- tell me about the tension between those two things. And it was did awful. That, did that tension add to sort of your desire to use? Yeah. I, I mean, it was awful. I didn't have to anything to add to the desire to use. I mean, I just wanted to and needed to. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a secret for so long. And actually, coming on talk shows is one of the worst parts of it because I really had to hide this problem to the nation. You know. 
And right, because you're ostensibly yourself, not hiding behind the character. Right, and you know, I I used to think it was essential to be funny all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I gave that up sort of in my mid 30s. I was like, I don't have to be funny. I'm, I think I'm actually annoying people. <laughs> <laughs> Just be yourself. It's okay. Did you did you, in your you know in in your work because recovery involves a lot of self reflection. Yeah. Did you did you ever come to a realization of of why you you want this uh, sort of internal adjustment of your mind and your heart and your spirit through the use of you know foreign substances? Well, I you know I I thought that reality was an acquired taste, you know, and I just had acquired very Not for everybody. very little of it. Okay. Um, and you know some people they have a drink. And they get, they feel a little wacky, and then mm-hmm. that's the night for them. If I have a drink, all of a sudden, reality just moves to where it should be. And so I want to drink all the time because it's the only time I feel good and normal. Uh, but then it turns on you, the drink turns on you and says, Well, now I'm, I'm going to kill you. And then you say, Well, hold on a minute. Uh, I don't want to die, so let's go. Let's go try to not do that. But I needed to be locked up to do that. We have a friend in common, Chris Farley, who yeah. did not, you know, make the decision you did in time. Yeah. And and we lost him in in 1998, Christmas of 97, something like that. Something like that. A long, long time yeah. ago. Um, was were you already uh, battling with, with your own? I was. And use of the time. I what was. Did, when when Chris passed, that was so shocking to people who knew nothing about Chris's life and the, what he had struggled with. Yeah. Did that scare you into into taking action? At well, the, time? Well, the first thing I did was punch a wall through Jennifer Aniston's uh, dressing room. Mm-hmm. Just when I found out, I just put a whole hole in her dressing room. Yeah. Um, and it, yes, of course, it scared me. Um, but being scared of it doesn't isn't enough. You know, you can be scared of it, but um, it doesn't do enough. You know, for you. So, you know, sometimes you get scared enough. And I'm one of these guys that you go, "Whoa, wait a minute! This all went totally out of control. I need help." And that ultimately saves my life because I get scared. How many times have you raised your hand and said, "I need help" at this point in your in your Oh, journey. 14, 15 times. Is there something different about this time for you? Uh, well, I've managed to build up some time, and reality has become an acquired taste. I'm happy. I'm living the kind of life I want to live. Is this the first book you've written? Yeah. So yeah. what is that? Like, human beings of all stripes recast themselves often in their mind. I know I have to watch it all the time, and I have since I was younger. Recast themselves as the hero of their own story. To say, oh, I'm not the one who did that. I'm not responsible for that bad thing. How reliable of a narrator are you of your own life, do you imagine? Uh, I think I'm quite reliable after all this time. Uh, I blame myself. I don't go after anybody in this book. I blame myself for all of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably right. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think I had people around me that were telling me to stop. I had people around me that, you know, say, you're going to kill yourself if you keep going like this. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know, I didn't know how. Like, if the police had come to my door and said, you're going to, we're going to take you to jail if you drink tonight, I would have had to pack for jail because I was going. We have to take a quick break, but stick around because we'll be right back with more Mr. Matthew Perry, everybody. <laughs> We're back with the author of 
friends, lovers, and the big terrible thing, Mr. Matthew Perry. In 2019, you, you had a harrowing health scare. Yeah. It was also a moment of, of a career high. You were supposed to play opposite Meryl Streep in Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. Right. That didn't happen. Right. What happened instead? I got CPR, and the guy who saved my life broke eight ribs in the process. And may I ask why you were getting CPR? Uh, there was, they were doing a procedure because I had pain in my stomach. They were doing a procedure and they gave me propothal. Yeah, sure, the, uh, yeah, sure, sure. The stuff like for yeah. colonoscopy. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. And my heart stopped for five minutes. So you were, can I, legally dead for five minutes? Well, no, I didn't flatline, but my heart did stop for five minutes. What is the difference between that and flatlining? I don't know. They didn't want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't there's know. no difference they both between seem those bad. two. Did anything, did you have any experience or anything like that? Or uh, was just gone? No, I woke up in a different hospital 10 hours later. Um, and Meryl and, Streep was not there. And Meryl Streep was not there. No, I had to give up, you know, this amazing movie that I, the best, biggest movie I've ever gotten. I had four scenes with Meryl Streep. And apparently on the set, she was like, Matthew, Matthew, where are you? Wow. She missed me. Does she now know? Is this how she's learning what happened? It's a completely made-up story. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You just didn't want to work with Meryl. Yeah. Meryl's, um, Meryl's Meryl. She's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, one highlight of, for a lot of people, of the, of the 2020, you know, COVID crisis, we're all at home, yeah. is the Friends reunion. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because um, I had had, two days prior to that, I had had this dental emergency where I had three uh, bone spurs in my mouth and they had to be removed right away. And in this one case, I thanked the paparazzi because they, were, they caught pictures of me going into the dentist two days before the reunion. And I knew that there was something off with me because my mouth was on fire, but I also yes. knew that I had to show up at this reunion. There's so many people where I can't move it, I can't change it. So I basically went and did the best that I could, but I was on like six cylinders, not eight, you know? Uh, you grew up in Canada, in yeah. Ottawa, went to school with a young man named, named Justin Trudeau. Yes. Now, who gets recognized more in Canada? You or Trudeau? I would say Trudeau. But you know, there was a big rumor about us. What? That we had, that I beat him up in, in grade school. Did you? I don't think so, no. But you're not entirely sure. No, my, my friends, Brian Murray and Chris Murray, who were the guys and myself who invented that weird way of talking, you know, could, could it be you? colder in here? Sure, you know, sure, like, sure. Could, yeah. could it be colder in here, by the way? Yes. It's really no, cold. No, it could not. Okay. No. Um, so they told me that we beat up Justin Trudeau, and I just believed them. And somehow it, he got the story, and he tweeted me, and he wanted to, like, have a fight. <laughs> and I said, I said, you have your own army. No, thanks. <laughs> And it ended there, thank goodness. How could your life get any weirder? <laughs> I know. The I know. Prime Minister of Canada. He said we've all fight. wanted to punch Chandler at one time or another. That's what he said. And it's all in the book. Yeah. The book is Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. It's available now. And the man is Matthew Perry. This has been the Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. 
If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135-1035 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday, after The Equalizer, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.